What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. And we are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Derek Havens and Steve Balistrieri. In this episode, we're going to preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Dolphins. To help us with this preview, we have on a special guest, and his name is Brian from On the Finside. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But before that, guys, let's chat a little bit and let's get your thoughts on Whatever you want to talk about, Mr. Havens, I'll give you your opening thoughts on this upcoming game, and Brian should be joining us shortly. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season, guys. I mean, I, I am looking forward to the season opener uh, just even tomorrow uh, with the Bills and Rams. I think that should be a good game to uh, to kick the season off with. And then the Patriots, you know, obviously, the, <clears throat> I'm excited for the regular season. Uh, I, I think that you know, we probably all three of us have slightly different views of how the season will go, but right. we don't know until that things things uh, kick off. But I will also say this, and we talked about this a little bit last week: Patriots having ten rookies on the team. I know they're still technically one of the older teams in the league because there's a few guys in the on the team that kind of sway that, but they do sure. have a lot of younger players over the last couple of years, and I'm interested to see them in live game action. Uh, I'm interested to see how it works, and I'm hopeful that what we saw out of the offense is not indicative of how, how we're going to see this team, you know, perform the first few years, because I, I will, you know, kind of die on this hill. I do think the most important thing out of the season is Mac Jones's, you know, continued you know development and something I'm hoping is not going to be hindered at all by some of the coaching changes and, and, you know, decisions by Bill Belichick over this off season. So looking forward to kind of seeing, uh, you know, everybody get back on the field this coming week. Okay, weekend. good stuff there, Derek. Steve, over to you. As we get ready for this season to start this week, we'll give our predictions in just a bit after we talk to Brian. But uh, just give me your overall thoughts on how you're feeling today in regards to the Pats. Well, I mean, uh, prior to training camp started, I I was very, very optimistic about the offense and – Cautiously, I think uh, how I worded it, optimistic about the defense. Right now, judging from what we saw in preseason and the uh, training camp, I'm a little more optimistic about the defense right now than I am the offense. So, um, you know, I uh, we'll get into season predictions later, but yeah. – um, you know, I'm kind of tempering that until I see what happens down in Miami. I mean, um, we know they had two weeks to work out the kinks. And, you know, I believe Bill Belichick knows how to game plan. So we'll see how they do. 
I still think the offense needs a lot of work, although Mac Jones has been optimistic lately that they've, you know, solved some of their issues. We'll have to see on Sunday. Okay, great stuff. Well, guys, just as I mentioned, I'm actually very happy to bring on our guest, and his name is uh, Brian. Brian is from On the Fin Side. Brian, I think you've been with us before. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we've uh, done this a couple years. I've had uh, Derek on uh, on my podcast, On the Fin Side, for the last uh, six or seven years, previewing the games. Um, we'll be sure to do that again with Derek here if, uh, if if he's available. So thanks, thanks again for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, Brian, just to uh, get us started, uh, first question for me, and I'll, I'll go to the guys as well. Just give me your overall thoughts on your new head coach. Again, I don't read too much into press conferences. Just I'm talking about what you're seeing from the team led by him. Really, personality-wise, you're talking about a 180-degree difference. I mean, Brian yeah. Flores was a tough, defensive-minded, shut-up-and-get-it-done type of head coach, which worked very well with a lot of the veteran defensive guys. I mean, a lot of players, Nick Needham, Raekwon Davis, even the younger type of guys on defense were not happy that Brian Flores isn't here. And then you had the whole you know, uh, fiasco after that with um, the Dolphins and getting – draft picks taken from him. Mike McDaniel, it's all, it's uh, right now. I mean, everybody's happy with their team or just about everybody is. And it's positive right now because you're, you're going from a head coach who was constantly putting, you know, traffic cones in front of Tua, you know, making things as difficult as possible. He didn't, you know, let's be honest. He didn't believe in him in a way an offensive coach is going to. So bringing Mike McDaniel in here, bringing more of that West Coast offense, stretch plays on on uh, stretch run plays, which we didn't see here offensively over the last couple of years, that's going to be a big staple of this offense, obviously getting Tyreek Hill to pair with Jalen Waddell um, and Teron Armstead at left tackle. Um, it's So it's really exciting right now, but then again, the season hasn't started yet. Um, let me ask you this because I'm a huge fan, still am, of Brian Flores. And uh, I think, in a way, it's going to be an interesting transition. Thoughts on Josh Boyer being the defensive coordinator? It's funny because years ago, he got all kinds of crap here from his resume. Uh, Steve knows this. <laughs> I, I, I want to say, what, what was it, Steve? The, uh, the South Dakota School of Mining? That yeah. he uh, used to coach or something and, like that? And the media here used to always ridicule him for that. Ridiculed but, him, Brian. Ridiculed. But, so. but, you know, that's the Boston media. But, you know, he was the defensive coordinator there last year, if I'm not mistaken. So right. it's it's not going to be – I don't think there will be a big change there unless Brian thinks so. No, Brian, I don't – I don't think it'll be a big change uh, because schematically you're going to see a lot of blitzing, a lot of cover zero looks, a lot of man-to-man coverage with the cornerbacks, even with Byron Jones out. Um, And I really wanted Josh Boyer back because the worst thing that the Dolphins could have done with how well the defense played in the second half of the year is to basically say, okay, we're going to completely change what we're doing. We're going to go more zone and things like that, where so many of these players would not have been a great fit in that type of system. Uh, So, you know, guys like, you know, you spent a lot of money on Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. 
to be those cornerbacks on the outside. If you go to more zone heavy instead of man heavy, it kind of takes a little bit away from that. So I'm mm-hmm. glad they brought him back because they brought back every single last piece of their defense. Their biggest loss on defense was Justin Coleman, their fourth cornerback. So it was really important they kept this defensive scheme intact because that was their strategy. Keep the defensive scheme intact and then go get some offensive players. Okay. Before I go over to Derek, I want to ask you about Tua. It's funny because at one point I actually wanted the Patriots to try to draft Tua. I've been a Tua fan, but Tua has not, in my opinion, been as good as I had hoped he would be. But he's improving. Listen, people here can say that he might even be better than Mac Jones. I disagree with that, but that's here in Boston. That's what we do. We rip our own. So (laughs) your thoughts on the progression of Tua and uh, he has great weapons, so I'm assuming that should uh, transition well for him. Right. I mean, Dolphins fans don't want to hear it, but I keep saying Mac Jones was better than Tua last year, even as a rookie. I mean, that's that's the fact. And you know, welcome back the Dolph- on the show at any time, by the way. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I and, and the response that will, him over. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the response will be, "Oh, well, the Dolphins." won both games last year, but it, right. you, you, you're, there are two teams playing each other, not two quarterbacks going head to head. That's not, not how it works. Uh, the whole two, a thing with the fan base, I've never seen anything like it. It's polarizing to be honest with you. And, but to, to take that out of the equation, what needs to happen with Tua is he needs to be the 49ers ver. He needs to be the dolphins version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Yeah. In fact, a better version of Garoppolo. Cause you know, you look at Garoppolo back in 2019, you don't think of him as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL and maybe he's not, right. but the guy threw for 4,000 yards, 29 touchdowns. And that's where Tua needs to get to. I don't expect him to be Josh Allen. I don't expect him to even be Justin Herbert, who of course life is a Dolphins fan. That's who they picked over one spot. Um, they, they picked two at one spot higher, which I at the time applauded, but what needs to happen is uh, he he needs to be that he, he needs to at least be the top twelve quarterback. Dolphins need to get to ten or eleven wins and get into the playoffs that way and take a couple of cracks at this thing. That's their best route to success for me because it sucks having the Bills in your division because we I think all expect them. If I'm not speaking for you guys, I expect them to win, win twelve or thirteen games. Yeah, absolutely. I disagree with that, but that's just my Brian. I think they're going to take a step <laughs> right, back. Russ is on Russ is on an island on this. I'm not sure why, but yeah, I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain why, Brian. As someone that has watched the Patriots for many years and have watched the progression of Josh Allen, I know how pivotal a certain coach was to his development. Let's see how Ken Dorsey does continuing the development of Josh Allen, or does he take a step back because Brian Dayball's not there and doesn't have the Patriots playbook. Okay. Fair enough. Well, you seem pretty, uh, I, I, I'll say, I'll say too, uh, I think they'll go 13 and four because I think Josh okay. Allen's the best player in the league. Okay. And even Dable is great as an offensive coach as he is. Does that, did he have a lot more to learn still? That That's, that's, that's what well, I that, wonder when it comes to Josh Well, that's Allen. the question, Brian, that, that's the question. If he, Becomes his own man, then some think that he will be, as you said, you have him as the MVP, then I'll be proven wrong. But until he does, I have my doubts of how great he's going to be. Until yeah, I, he can I, do I it think, without Dayball. 
if this was if this was earlier in his career, to me, Russ, I think you might be more on to something. I I just think at this point he's a little more developed than okay than some of the younger guys. But I I I can see where you're coming from with that line of thinking, Brian. I want to I want to ask you a question, kind of stemming off what Russ just asked about Tua. Do you think this is a make or break year for him? Because I think the Dolphins have done a really nice job putting their roster together. Uh, Brian Flores, you know, I thought didn't deserve to be fired, but they bring in a guy who. Uh, certainly is creative on uh, you know from the offensive standpoint. We already know the Dolphins have a pretty strong defense, especially up front and in the secondary. Do you think this is a year where Tua kind of has no excuse? And look, I think the Patriots are very close to the situation with Mac Jones. We'll, we'll be talking about this next year with Mac Jones, but the right. way the quarterback contracts are in this league now, you really have like a three-year evaluation window. And I think that with the way the Dolphins have positioned themselves from a roster standpoint, if – the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, which I think they're right on that border right now. Um, do you think that – I mean, obviously we have to see how the season goes, but do you think Tua could be someone who they could look to replace next offseason if they don't make the playoffs and the Dolphins don't get to where they want to be? 100%. I think it is a make-or-break year because, you know, listen, uh, something drastic would have to happen for me to be at the end of the year and say the Dolphins aren't in the playoffs and – you can in no way blame Tua for it because the defense is strong heading in. You've got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Even if one goes down, your receiving core is still pretty strong. You have an offensive coordinator who you could put a mannequin back there for the 49ers over the last couple of years, and they average five yards a carry. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't see any way there is any excuse. You could say, well, what if he gets hurt? But if he gets hurt for the sixth year in a row, I think you kind of have your answer there, too. So, you know, when I look at Tua, look, he is never going to have the strongest arm. He's never going to be the biggest guy. I do think he brings skill sets that have not been accelerated yet and that we've seen glimpses of. I mean, just for example, last year, if you look at when he got back in the Ravens game and from that point to the end of the year, over 73% of his passes were either completed or dropped by the Dolphins receiver. So he is accurate. His feet and his eyes do connect well together. He can look off receivers. We have shown glimpses of that. But the question is, is this guy at the end of the day, is he another Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo, middle of the pack, and at the end of the day, not good enough? That's what remains to be seen. So to me, he's got to have that stat line of Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019, over 4,000 yards passing, 28, 29 touchdowns and a playoff appearance and, and probably a, a playoff win or two as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think I, I mean, I'm pretty, I, I like what the Dolphins have put together. And so to me, I look at Mike McDaniels fascinating because in some ways I love that he's not like this cookie cutter, you know, like Dan Campbell kind of guy, <laughs> uh, you know, Joe judge at his introductory press conference. Uh, he's, he seems very authentic, but his personality is definitely a little quirky. And so it's like, you can be a really smart offensive or defensive mind, but can you be a leader of, of men? Like you, your last head coach, Brian Flores, I think people gravitate to him. You've seen it. You saw it in New England. You saw it in Miami. I think you'll see it with the Steelers too, along with another great leader in Mike Tomlin. And yeah. so I look at the Dolphins and I say, if if the Dolphins are not in the playoffs this year, I feel like it's a, there's a hard – it's hard for me to imagine another scenario that it's not either Mike McDaniel not being able to lead the way we want or Tua to not kind of elevate 
you know, some of the talent around him. Uh, and cause to me, it's like if you're a Tua or you're a Mac Jones, you know, you have to just be like a point guard in that offense, right? And just get guys in space, set people up to make plays. You have some great playmakers in Miami. Do you, what in your mind, do you agree with that? With Tua or Mike McDaniel part being like, it, it, uh, would that be someone that you would look to if they didn't have a good year? Or is there an area on the roster that I'm overlooking that concerns you specifically? On paper, on the offense, the the only position that really concerns me is right tackle with Austin Jackson, mm-hmm. who I I don't feel like should have been in a position to be a starter this year. I mean, he's been terrible the last two years, and I'd argue he wasn't very good at USC either. It was all yep. potential with this guy. And the question I I keep mm-hmm. asking Dolphins fans is if we get to halftime of the Patriots game. Um, and Austin Jackson has ruined two drives, is that going to surprise you? And I think you'd be crazy to uh, say that that you'd be surprised by that. He hasn't been good. But adding – they do have – you know, three of the five players on their line are good. Armstead, Connor Williams at center, and Robert Hunter right guard. Those are three really good pieces for them. Eichenberg and Austin Jackson have been major disappointments to this point. I think Eichenberg has an easier road at left guard to get better – than Austin Jackson does, but that's the big thing. Um, Austin Jackson protecting to his blind side is, is certainly something that keeps me worried. And I think the Patriots are going to put Matt Judon on that side and kind of, I don't want to say overload, you know, Austin Jackson, but I do think they're going to put their best front seven player on him. Cause I just feel like they have to try to create some pressure here because you can't let some of these, you know, deep, these fast receivers get downfield and have to give them a lot of time to get set up and have some big chunk plays. So I feel like they're going to try to take advantage of, uh, you know, Austin Jackson, overwhelm him a little bit. Cause you're probably, you know, Teron Amstead has been tremendous as long as he's been healthy. It's been health is the name of the game for him. And so, you know, with him being ready to go week one, I, I'd be surprised if, if they didn't try to take advantage of that, but that's an interesting point. Steve, do you have anything for Brian? Yeah. Uh, but first, I want to go back to Russ about Josh Allen. Sure. Uh, in the divisional game last year, he got in a shootout on the road with Kansas City. Yeah, he did. And, and he gave his team the lead. I think it was with, what, 19 seconds left? Yep. The reason they lost that game had nothing to do with Josh Allen. I thought that that was the coming out moment for him that he was going to continue to light it up through the playoffs and become – the the quarterback the Bills thought so I I think he's going to be just fine but getting back to the uh the game at hand here excuse me Brian um you know I was looking at this from kind of like a Dolphins lens and this is a make or break year from for Tua but you know part of the issue has been of course his injury history but the other part was I thought the Dolphins last year, with the exception of the last game of the year against New England, they were terrible running the football. How big an addition do you think Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert are to this offense, especially since they're going to incorporate this, you know, whatever they call the wide zone, you know, type of scheme? I think it's absolutely huge. And it's the Dolphins in two of the last three years have been dead last and rushing and they weren't all that good in 2020 either. And the fact that they had Miles Gaskin uncontested as a starting running back the last two years is nothing short of embarrassing. Uh, So getting 
Mostert and Edmonds in here, you immediately improve the team's speed. Uh, I mean, Edmonds, they signed two years, $12 million, just hour an hour into free agency. That was the guy they wanted to have. Uh, and he is somebody that's produced a lot, but hasn't been able to stay healthy for the Cardinals there uh, in the last couple of years. In the passing game, he can create mismatches. Uh, so he's it, it's a dramatic improvement at the running back spot uh, is now is a coach like Belichick who's seen everything. Is he going to be able to take away a lot of that downhill running? Uh, that's that's what I'm looking for in this game. Excellent. All right. Good stuff, Brian. When I transition, let's talk a little bit about the game and just get your thoughts before we do that on the Patriots now here. And I'm just going to tell you this, that uh, I've actually had the opportunity of uh, being part of the media down at training camp for one day. And uh, it's as bad as I've seen it. I've seen bad training camp practices and uh, it's been consistently bad, especially offensively, not as bad defensively. Defensively, it's actually been pretty solid. But as someone that is not a Patriots fan, obviously following the league, what are your thoughts about the Patriots? Because I think it's easy to, to... to discount the Patriots because of what we've seen in training camp and in the preseason, or is there a part of you that might be saying, "Uh Oh, wait a minute here. They might figure this out. I'm curious your thoughts on this. My initial reaction is hearing all these reports about the Patriots and Mac Jones. And I look, I, I know they lost Josh McDaniels. That's gotta be a big part of this. And, but I'm thinking personnel wise, what really changed pretty much nothing. I mean, They got Devontae Parker, uh, who is uh, a player I've always gone to bat for. uh, And they've got the same two running backs. They've got Mac Jones. Their offensive line, I know they switched uh, uh, Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn positions. But still, I mean, so I'm just a little befuddled by that. And it starts to get me thinking, like, I don't know. Is there some 3D Belichick chess going on here? (laughs) I don't know. Heading into this game. Because how how did – is it and and who is who's really calling the string, calling the plays and pulling the strings off? Right, we're going to find out Patricia? on Sunday. I hate to go there, <laughs> but we're going to find out. Everyone thinks it's Patricia, but I would not be shocked if it ends up being Belichick. I wouldn't I, be shocked. I think it'll be Patricia actually physically calling the plays, but I just think Bill the last few years has has really deferred offensively to Josh, and Josh has yeah. been really kind of like the assistant head coach, and Bill kind of has been focusing on. The defense, and I think Bill's probably going to have his hand more on the offensive side this time, at least at least as far as we'll see game planning and things. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, nobody knows Brian. Honestly, it's I, I all I know, all I'm confident in is that whatever happens on Sunday will be a strong overreaction Monday. That's the only oh, thing either, I feel either very way. confident. Oh, either way, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Think, no, either way, good or bad, way. it's gonna no, yeah, it's no gonna doubt about it. <laughs> one thing, one thing I'm really interested in for the Patriots is how you guys feel about their cornerback position here? Cause this is really one no, of the first years they haven't had, you know, and, and the Patriots, correct me if I'm wrong, have, have always veered a lot more toward man to man defense as opposed to zone. Now it's in more the last zone. few years. What's up? Now it's going to be more. Zo- we okay, think that, it's going to be more. zone. that was my, that was my yeah. question. Cause yeah. that that's uh and I think that's the Patriots route for success going up against Waddle and Tyree kill. If you're going to just line up, uh, Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones. And I, oh. I, I actually, I've always liked Jonathan Jones a lot. And, and you've got 
Jones as your third and fourth cornerback too, I think, right? You've got three Joneses back there in the Three secondary. Joneses, you were correct. That's right. <laughs> I mean, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, no kidding. Too many yes. of them. Too many, Brian. Too many. So so to me, it's 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 forcing Tua to have three or four 75, 80-yard drives throughout yeah. the game, confusing him against that zone defense and whatever Belichick throws up. To me, that's that's the Patriots' best, really best chance to win this here. I mean, are, are confuse the Dolphins and confuse Tua. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a really up and down season for the Patriots defense because there's a lot of young players and a lot of newer players that are they're you know coming along. Now you do have Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones at corner, and then you have three players, two rookies, and a second year corner. So it's like you you have a lot of inexperience there. And I think you when you when you come with inexperience and young players, you're going to come with growing pains. So I think it's some I think some games we're going to come out at, at, from a Patriots perspective, we're going to come out and say. Wow, so and so stepped up. They had a good game. You know, really nice development here. And I think some games you're going to say, "Damn, that double move just killed Jack Jones uh, because he's an aggressive player." Something like that. You know, in the past, I think you know Bill has done a pretty good job against Tyree Kill uh, and and done a nice job with Jonathan Jones, kind of matching him up speed for speed and having a true double team with the safety on the back end. I just don't think they have this luxury now. Uh, right now with the personnel they have. So I do think they'll go zone. Uh, and I do think to your point, Brian, I think it's a good one, you know, forcing the dolphins to, to put together some long drives, I think could be a key because it's going to be the traditional Belichick, you know, bend dope break defense. But I do think it's, it's going to be a lot of kind of up and down, you know, throughout each game. Hey, Absolutely. Brian, I, I have one final question for you and it involves, the history of the Patriots and the Dolphins. I grew up with the Dolphins just destroying the Patriots in Miami year after year after year with Marino. I and and I'll tell you this: to this day. Marino <laughs> is still one of my favorite quarterbacks. I, I'm a big Dan Marino fan, so I'll go all the way back with you on that. I can go even further back than Dan Marino. Go back to Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy. Geez, I can't believe I just said that, Steve. Not <laughs> Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy. There's a Goldman for you. But here's my question for you: because uh, someone threw out a stat, I don't know the exact stat. But the Patriots going down to Miami seem to have much better luck in September and October than obviously at the end of the year. And the Patriots actually, weather-wise, have practiced in 90-degree temperature for I don't know how long this summer. They might be better prepared this time around, and they're also already down in Miami for the weather. How much of a weather factor, positively or negatively, will it have on this game for the Patriots? I'm curious your thoughts on this. It's a great question, and it, my understanding is there's about a 60% chance of rain, highs <laughs> of 91, 92. So, yeah, it goes right in that sweet spot. First, it's never made any sense for me of why the Dolphins have been able to get the better of the Patriots for the last 10 or 15 years in Miami. It doesn't make any sense regardless <laughs> of what month you play. I mean, that one year right. where you have A.J. Feely and Darius Thompson. Oh, I remember uh, in 2004. That was gosh. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember that <laughs> man. That, that big hurt. comeback win. Yeah, that, yeah. That hurt. I remember that. Brian, I remember that. Uh, but to answer your question, to address the weather, to me, the Patriot. I, I think that what the Patriots' game plan has to be, if they are trying to get their footing on offense, is to pound Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris in this game and wear down that Dolphins defensive line and try to, you know, I don't think the Dolphins offense is good enough to say you have to slow this game down, but you know, I, 
it makes it makes a lot of sense to say, hey, we're going to go head to head with you in this heat and we're going to beat you using the running game because we're going to just power away at you and we're going to win this game 20 to 17. I, I think that's the Patriots best chance there offensively to, to really con- not just win the game, but control the question the is, too. will they be able to do it, Brian? Because if they go with the way that they have used the Patriots offense years for, for so many years, the answer would be yes. With this new McVay slash Shanahan style offense, it hasn't worked at all. So I don't know. I, I agree with you, but I, I have a feeling Belichick might do what you're saying and just scrap it for a week or, not do it as much as we think that they're going to do it kind of, like you said, maybe do a chess move, but we'll see. We'll see. Brian, Brian, who's the best player on the, on the Dolphins defense that Patriots fans should, should know. And no one's talking about enough. Is it someone like a Javon Holland? Is it a Jalen Phillips coming out kind of breakout season? What do you, who, who's the, who's the player that people are, should know uh, in new England and who are, are not being talked enough about? I'd put them both on the defensive line, Jalen Phillips and, uh, and Christian Wilkins. They, in the second half of, of last year, played very, very well, and they've looked even better so far this summer. Jalen Phillips had eight and a half sacks as a rookie, didn't play as many snaps in the front part of the year. But if you can, if Wilkins and, and Phillips can continue to to take that next step on the same defensive line with Emmanuel Ogba and Zach Sealer and Raquan Davis, this could be a top five defensive line that combines with a secondary that's also top five when they have Byron Jones at cornerback. So mm-hmm. the pieces are really coming together defensively, and that's why it was so important to keep this this unit together. Then um, also, yeah, Javon Holland and Xavier Howard in the secondary as well, because look, the Dolphins defenses could be completely different in two years. Byron Jones and Howard are going to be on the wrong side of 30. Wilkins and Phillips are going to want money. And right now they're on rookie contract. So this right now is the Dolphins time to pounce defensively. Are you, do you have concerns at linebacker similar to your concerns <laughs> at offensive line, or is that maybe not as strong? Cause it seems like, I mean, from my perspective, offensive line linebacker, probably the two position groups that you have some questions about from, at least from my vantage point, what, what say you? If this were 20 years ago and everyone started, three off-ball linebackers, it would be more of a concern. It's not – it's the weakest part of the defense. Jerome Baker covers a lot of ground, but I, I think they tend to I, – I think they overpaid him. You're talking about somebody making about $10 million a year. Um, Landon Roberts, who you guys are very familiar with, is he's a Ooh. good thumper. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's kind of mind-blowing to me that he's in his third year as starter, given <laughs> that he's just a two-down – linebacker Duke Riley I think is an underrated player covers a lot of ground I think you could switch him out with Baker and really not lose much I can't tell you how much crap the Patriots got for a Landon Roberts Brian (laughs) he's he's a tough guy but yes yep and he caught that what 50 yard pass (laughs) yeah I forgot about the the fullback play yeah Yeah, right (laughs) I tell you what on on fourth and one over the last three years I haven't seen a better player in the league but if you take him outside of fourth and one he can't cover his own shadow. So that's, <laughs> that's a concern. And that, that's yeah. where I think if you establish the running game with Stevenson and yep. Damian Harris, and you get a Hunter Henry lined up on a land and Roberts, I think you got a major mismatch there. Okay. Brian, before we let you go, we need a prediction from you on the game. Yeah. It's uh dolphins are favored by three and a half. 
first game of the year, Dolphins being at home. Stadium's going to be rocking. A lot of excitement here that we haven't seen in the last 10 or 15 years. That isn't saying much, but um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with uh, the home team. I'm going to say 23 to 17 Dolphins. I think it'll be a little lower okay. of a scoring game, but I think it's going to come down to the wire just really like it did twice last year. All right, Brian, listen, thank you so much Fair. for joining us. You gave us a wonderful half hour. Give our audience a, a nice preview of the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I'm going to say it. I don't care what anyone says. Best of luck the rest of the season, Brian. Well, you're a bigger man than I am. I wish you all three the worst of luck here. <laughs> I, I always tell, I always tell uh, Derek, I say, I'm not, I can't say, I can't say good luck, but I hope you do enjoy the game. <laughs> okay. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow Brian on Twitter, it's Brian cat NFL. And Brian's from On the Fin Side. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks a lot, guys. All Thanks, right. Brian. We'll talk soon. Okay, that was Brian from On the Fin Side. Coming up next, guys, we're going to preview the upcoming game for the Patriots against the Dolphins and also give our season prediction. Okay, guys, let's get back to it. Steve, opening thoughts on our discussion with Brian. Oh, it was good. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. And, you know, he knows his team and he's not jumping the shark on, you know, their chances this year. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, have them doing a lot better this year. One guy from, I think it was the New York Post, picked the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Wow. There you go. So. Okay. I think Brian, I think Brian is coming at it, though. Is, is he, I think he sounded cautiously optimistic. And yeah. I think he's very level headed. I think that I think the Dolphins have put together a nice roster. There are some obviously holes that we talked about, um, and he and he addressed. And um, but I'm curious to see how it goes. Honestly, I, I said this to him already, and I'll, I'll reiterate. I I I I'm not sure where exactly the Dolphins finish the season. I do think they're a, a playoff bubble team, but I'll be surprised if whenever the Dolphins, assuming they do not win the Super Bowl, <laughs> Steve, and they fall short, I just wonder if we're not saying it it isn't someone other than Tua or Mike McDaniel. Because I think with Mike McDaniel, you know, it's like you listen to some of his – I know, Rush, you said you haven't put a lot into the press conference, but I do think – I've heard it, though. I've heard I, it. It is It is weird, though. It's like I, he's funny, He seems, but he's a little quirky, and I just feel like that's something that's really kind of, like, funny now. But if they're, like, four and eight, I don't think it's going to be yeah. as funny anymore. So I don't think they'll, they'll get when to that. When you win, it doesn't matter, Derek. Exactly. If he wins, it won't, it won't matter. Because That'd be something where now expectations are a little bit higher in Miami. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if if they're if they're doing really well and this, the season starts to turn on, I just think the funny guy quirkiness will get old quick. I don't okay. know. But, well, it's, but he is, it's nice that he is not, like, you know, Mr. Raw Raw guy. But no, it's no, definitely he's, unique. No, he's listen. I listened to it, and I understand why this is being pointed out by some as maybe a weakness of the coach. But being a coach is a different thing. But to your point, Derek, mm. it's the press conference are one thing. Can he lead men? Yeah. That's more important because Belichick has been the worst person of with press conferences for how long? But he can lead men. Sure. Can McDaniel lead men? And then if he can, it won't matter. That's that's my thoughts on him. It, it won't matter. It's funny because I've watched it and I've watched the local media here just call him a tool bag, basically. But you know what? I don't look at it that way. He, got, he became a head coach for a reason, and oh, he'll yeah. have his chance to prove himself. That's the way I look well, at it. And, I don't. And the, and the big thing to look at him, you know, when he was in San Francisco, 
you know, uh, to quote a Belichick thing, he he got all of his guys on the offense to buy in. Right. And when you get everyone to buy in, you get everyone working together, good things tend to happen. So, you know, it'll be curious now to go from just the offensive coordinator to overall head coach and see how things work. But, um, you know, I think his track record as, as a, you know, offensive guy kind of speaks for itself. Yep. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I do think they've assembled a really good roster. And ultimately, like Derek and Brian were saying earlier, you know, they'll probably go as far as Tua can take them. But I think they have a much better running game this year, which will definitely help the quarterback. Because last sure. year, yeah, they couldn't run the ball on anyone all season long, with the exception of the last week. Right. So, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on a young quarterback. Yeah. And that's and, been Mac Jones's best friend last year was that running game, you know? Right. Yes. So and to Brian's point, Derek, and I'm sorry to break in. No. Brian's telling us the Patriots need to pound the rock. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell are they going to do it? Because they haven't done it all summer, but we'll see if this is more of a little bit of a Muhammad Ali rope dope where they actually do go back to the Patriots tried and true offense and just run, run it down their throats. Uh, they might, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have I mean, put it this way. They I know it's I know it's ignore the noise down there, but people are hearing what everyone else is of saying. Of course they are. Every single beat writer, uh, you know, locally, it's on national stuff, it's fans, it's everyone is talking about the Patriots offense. So there's no doubt in my mind that over the last two weeks they've been going through a bunch of stuff. I'm sure I don't think Bill's dumb. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that I feel like they're not going to bang their head against the wall. No, he's never done that, Derek. He's absolutely never done that. I have a hard time believing the running game won't be effective. Now, will it be as effective if the Patriots offensive line, which I feel like has been a big struggle so far from what we've seen, if the Dolphins defensive line wins that matchup, then the running game could be potentially, you know, hindered and then you're kind of in trouble there. But I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see. And, you know, to your point, Steve, uh, going to the running backs for Miami, you had two guys in Edmonds and Mostert who are extremely fast. Waddle, Hill, both fast. I mean, there's a lot of speed on that offense. Um, So it's going to be interesting to watch, uh, you know, to watch see how these teams match up together. Okay. Before we break down the game, we're going to go through our – season predictions. So Derek, I'll give you first crack at this. I'll go to Steve and I'll end up with my prediction. And I'll just say my prediction. I'm not changing since I said it in June. So I'm, I'm back in what I said back then, Derek, go ahead, share your season prediction. I'm somewhere, like I said before, I'm somewhere between eight and nine and 10 and seven. I'm, I'll go nine and eight. I just think they, okay. I, I think that they have some good things going for them. Uh, for the Patriots, I just feel like there's a lot of inexperience in some very key positions. And like I said to Brian earlier, I just I think guys, we're going to be coming out of some of these games and being like, you know, wow, Jack Jones really made a play here, or Marcus Jones made a play, or somebody like that, or or they just didn't have the guys to cover. They weren't able to keep up from a speed standpoint. They, I think the offense. I know everyone's freaking out. I think the offense will get too good enough. Uh, to com- to compete, but I'm not sure 
I have the confidence that they're going to be able to elevate and get into shootouts yet. I just haven't, it's a hard, I have a hard time after the last few months saying that. So I just think they have a lot of inexperience and youth at some key positions. And I just think they're a, you know, 500 ball club. So okay. I'll say nine and eight, I'll give nine them the one over 500 because I do have faith in bill. Uh, okay. you know, that he'll be putting it together. Okay. Over to you, Steve. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> look, the, they, they've been trying to do this simplified offense with, you know, the Shanahan McVeigh style, whatever you want to call it. Um, it hasn't been working. I don't think they're going to try to beat their head against the wall this week. We might see a couple of plays where they're going to continue to work on it. I'm sure they've been working on some of it in practice. I think they're going to go back to what they know best. And that is, you know, power, power running. And they they need to get some quick hitters, you know, inside the tackles and and get the running game going. Because if they're, you know, I, Derek actually stole my question uh, about Miami's linebackers. Because I think if they can get to that second level, they're going to have some success. Um, you know, so I think the big key, you know, is moving forward is you you have to keep the games within reach until the offense finds its identity. And uh, again, I said, I thought they could win 11 games. I'm going to temper that a little bit, uh, 10 or 11. I think they're going to get it figured out. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. All right. So as uh, some might know, and if you don't know, I predicted back in June, 12 and five and uh, Derek actually wanted me to go week by week. I'm not going to do that, Derek. But I'm just going to explain why I'm not changing my prediction. And I've been down there, and I've seen exactly what everyone's been saying. And, and listen, it's easy to chop it off and say, you know what, I'm going to dial it back. But then I think I'd be a fraud. So I'm not going to be a fraud here, just me personally, by changing it. I'm going to own it and say 12 and 5 because I made the prediction a while ago. That's just me. I want to stick by the prediction and I feel strong about the prediction. I'm going to tell you why. The Bryans are not in the, in the division anymore. Brian Flores and Brian Dayball are not in the, in the division. That, to me, gives the Patriots a chance to get victories against the Dolphins and the Bills. That's where I'm going on that. They, they had 10 wins before. There is the ability, I think, they've added to the offense. You know, we were talking to Brian. And Brian's like, well, all the weapons are the same. No, they're not. They've actually added. They added, a, some don't think, but they added, I think, a very high-quality receiver in Devontae Parker, and I think he's going to be a difference maker. Plus, you have a lot of these wide receivers and John o. Smith and Hunter Henry, second Ty year. Tyquan Thornton will, will be a factor too. So okay. I think they're better offensively. But what makes me want to stick with this prediction, guys, and I understand why someone – would want to change. I, I get that, but I'm not going to, is the defense. Now, I'm telling you, the one thing that the three of us have been screaming about for the longest time is speed. We just talked about how much speed the Miami Dolphins have. I'm not saying that the Patriots have the same type of speed, but they are so much faster than they were a year ago. So much. It's not even close. This defense looks so much quicker, so much faster. That can give you a win or two. And the coaching with Belichick, and we'll see how everything plays out with the assistants, but ultimately, it's Belichick. 
I've heard here locally, well, you can't just hit, you know, talk about Belichick as the reason why. I'm not talking about Belichick as the reason why. But if you tell me I can't give him a factor, you can go screw. He's a factor. He is a huge factor. He's a factor, but he's not a factor in why you would win more games than you did last year, right? Because that wouldn't make sense. Why wouldn't he be if your roster has a second year in the system that you have been implementing? A good part of your roster yeah, is now for, that's implemented for, you for and, another that's year. For you and I break break off, but continue. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. listen, we can we can disagree. Mm-hmm. I also have the Patriots winning the division, um, and this goes back to my <laughs> thoughts on the Buffalo Bills, and I know everyone has penciled them in as winning the division, maybe going to the Super Bowl, and Josh Allen being your MVP. The reason why I'm doubting this, and Derek and Steve, you brought up a great point. Can he elevate his game without Brian Dable? Yeah, he can. He can turn into Peyton Manning, but he hasn't yet. So let's see if he turns into Peyton Manning. Or is he Kurt Warner without Mike Martz? Because Kurt Warner, he is a Hall of Famer, but he made his bones with Mike Martz. He wasn't the same quarterback after Mike Martz. He was a he good shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but that's a side point. <laughs> okay, but I'm using Kurt Warner as the example because Kurt Warner was a worldly quarterback under Mike Martz. It changed when he left. Will it change for Josh Allen? I'm just throwing it out there that Brian Dayball is a huge loss for the Buffalo Bills. They don't have their playbook. They don't have the Patriots playbook anymore. And like and like I said earlier, I think that if Allen hadn't already gotten into the level he's at or yep. he showed last year, I think that you would be right. I don't feel that way now because he's already been a top five quarterback in the league. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to regress to the point where okay. you're going to notice like you're saying. I, I do think that your point is a valid one, but I worry more about someone like Mac Jones who loses a Josh McDaniels in his second year than a okay. Josh Allen who loses a Brian Dayball and what his okay. fifth. So, uh, I'm also having some doubts of their head coach who happens to be now I'll talked about as some of the best. No, because McDermott is a hothead. And McDermott, let's be honest, when he has dealt with adversity, has choked. He choked I think against he's, the Patriots. I think he's let his emotions overcome him. And yes, he's missed something and I think on that's an issue. That's agree. where I'm going on that. I'm not saying he's not a great coach. I'm just saying he's an emotional, fiery guy. And that can be a negative sometimes in the NFL in pressure situations. That's I'm just I'm mentioning saying. this so we can move on to the preview. But Patriots yep. captains are announced. Offense, yes. David Andrews, Mac Jones. Defense, Devin McCourty, Dietrich Wise, Juwan Bentley, and Matthew Slater. Oh. So those are your captains for the team. I was a little surprised with uh, Dietrich Wise, but I know he just like did receive the Ron Burton's you know, Community Service Award, yeah. and he's, he's thought pretty highly uh, you know, in that building. So not, not too many surprises. I think no sure. one's surprised that Mac Jones is the captain this year. That was pretty okay. much expected. So, All right, good stuff, guys. Let's break down the game. Before we get into it, I have to – Ask both of you a topic, a huge topic here in New England. Are you guys ready for the topic? It involves the Patriots leaving early from Miami, that this is a sign of panic from the Patriots. I completely and utterly disagree. I think they planned this maybe five or six months ago. So I don't see this as a negative. Steve, There is, I'm telling you, this has become a huge topic here. Your thoughts on the Patriots leaving early from Miami? No, I think it's a good move. Um, so do I. I don't, I don't get it. 
and you know, you brought up the the point that they tend to do a little bit better early in the season rather than later. Yeah. And that's because early in the season right now, you know, you're still getting very warm days, not as hot as Miami, obviously not even close, but you're still in the summer. Yeah. You're, you're in warm weather. So it's, it, it's still, a you know, there's a, acclimation period i mean because it, it when you get off the plane down here it's hot okay right. but it's been it's, hot here too yeah. right when you do it in december oh it's you're different. coming from the cold of new england and then it's hitting you like a blast furnace so <laughs> uh i think it's a good move you get yeah. acclimated to the heat and humidity and i'm here to tell you right now it's hot down here it's okay. supposed to be 95 today wow um, and the humidity sky high um, so that is, uh, I think it's a smart move. You, you get the team out, you get used to practicing and running around in the heat. And then by Sunday, it's not a kick in the face when you go out there. Yeah. I mean, Devin McCourty called it a shock to the system. You're right. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you, you know, for example, <clears throat> Arizona, where I spent a good deal of my life, very dry. I, you know, if you go to a, if I, if I go to a, you know, my Florida or, um, you know, even in New England, like hot, humid day, it's a very, very different type of heat. Your body and it reacting. affects your hair, right, Derek? Look at your hair. It would affect yeah, it your is. Hair. It's, it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it's a very different type of heat, you know. And right. I don't think it's a panic move. That's a that's just such a typical Boston media thing to say. <laughs> oh, it's because, been a big because, topic here, Derek. Big topic. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard. Um, so I feel like, to your point, Ross, this was this had to have been planned for months ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, there's just there's too many there's too many moving parts. There's a lot of things that go into it. I I don't I do think it's fair to call it unconventional. It is a little bit different. Now they have stayed. They have you know if they do like back to back West Coast games or something, yeah. they have stayed you know on one side of the country for longer to avoid going back and forth. I know that when they come to Arizona later in the season they are staying here right. or they're staying in vegas because they play the raiders they play the following both. week so yeah. they're going to be on the side of the country for an extended period of time that makes sense to me um it is but it is a little weird i think a lot has been made of it put but put it this way guys i mean the reason that it's even a story is because they've looked like crap all summer long so oh, if, the, if the Patriots, if, the, if Josh McDaniels was still here and the offense didn't look like a pile of garbage, then no one would be talking about this. But because they've struggled in the summer and people want to overreact to everything, that's why this is a story. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough, Derek. All right. I'm going to go right back to you. We're going to go back to how we used to always break down these games. So Derek, first one of the year. Let's go. Said first, first breakdown of the year. First breakdown right, of the go. year. Which team has the advantage, Derek, when the Patriots are on offense and the Dolphins are on defense in the passing game? Who do you give the advantage to? I give the advantage to the Dolphins. The Dolphins secondary is very good. Uh, it's very deep, uh, very versatile, uh, like the pieces they have in place. Javon Holland is a player that I think Bill would love to have on his team. If you pay attention to him when you're watching this game, he'll pop out. He's always around the ball, kind of can do a lot of different things. It's a fun matchup. I have the hard time giving the Patriots the advantage in offense on anything. 
just okay. based on what we've seen. But I'm hoping that we see them kind of put it together and get back to back to some of the things that we know they can do well, like you said earlier, Russ. But advantage Dolphins in this in this case. I, I, okay. I agree with that, especially with their pass rush and the lack of protection that Mac Jones has suffered during the preseason. Okay. Over to you, Steve. The running game. The Patriots are on offense and the Dolphins are on the defense. What do you give the advantage to? Based on what we've seen, it you would think it has to be the Dolphins, right? But what if the no, Patriots... I, I'm, I'm going to flip-flop on that one. I'm going to okay. give it to the Patriots because I think they're going to go back to what they know best. Okay. And, you know, uh, they tried doing this at the end of the game last year. If you remember, that, that was a close, low-scoring game. It was yep. in New England. And they seemed poised that they were going to wear down the Dolphins right. and win the football game, either with a touchdown or a field goal, and then Damian Harris fumbled. That's right. And uh, I think they're going to go back to that. I do. Okay. I think they're, they're going to try to turn this into a slugfest and wear down that Miami front seven because that's the only way you're going to get some pass protection for Mac Jones is you have to wear those guys down and you do that with the running game. So I think Belichick's going to go back to that. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And I think okay. that could be the matchup of the game. Patriots offensive line versus the Dolphins defensive line. I think we could look back at that and say that maybe is the difference in this game. Okay. Steve, right back over to you. Let's talk about the Patriots defense against the Dolphins offense in the passing game. It could be scary, but as we're talking about, there's still doubts about Tua. Where do you give the advantage to? I give it to Miami because they, like, as we talked about, they have so much speed. And there's a lot of new faces on the Patriots defense this year. Not that I'm downgrading their ability. I think they're going to be really good this year. Um, But it's all going to come down. And, again, like I said with Mac Jones, it's all going to come down to how well the Dolphins protect Tua. Because I think the Patriots' game plan is going to try – to make him hold on to the football a little bit longer instead of those quick hitters that they've been, you know, doing with him. And I think that uh, if they're able to do that, they'll, they'll be able to get home, especially like Derek mentioned earlier in the show, you know, Matthew Judon against their right tackle, who's been struggling. So I I think that's an area that the Patriots are going to have to try to take advantage of. But I still give the advantage to Miami because they have a lot of guys that can run. Okay. Okay. How about you, Derek, when we switch it to the Patriots defense versus the Dolphins offense in the running game? We're talking to Brian. And when you look at the Niners, you know, listen, it can become a prolific running offense. So your thoughts here? I'm a little worried about a lot of the unknowns in this game. Uh, and there's some new personnel except for the Patriots. How is Mike McDaniel's system going to be implemented? Yep. I think when it's coached the right way and installed the right way and executed the right way, it's it's deadly. We've seen that on a lot of different teams. But I'm curious to see how Miami kind of executes it. I, I, I have really liked what I've seen from Anthony Jennings across from Judon in the preseason. But I have to say it's also preseason. So, Thank you, Steve Balsheri, by the way. Yeah, we need to see we need to see him do it in you know live action games. <laughs> Steve's never uh, given up on Anthony Jennings. No, he never, never has, even when I absolutely cut him like three months ago. Um, and I have liked what I've seen from some of the linebackers, but yep. 
there's some good speed on that Dolphins backfield. I, I just have my reservations um, a little bit. I, I also have watched Chase Edmonds a lot, and I think he stinks. I think he's very inconsistent, but he's fast. But, and, and, if, and I've also seen – we've seen undrafted free agents come into this system for the Shanahan-style offense. Oh, yeah. And just the light absolute, it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely light it up. So I, I'm curious to see how it all works out. I'm going to give the advantage to the Dolphins for now, a slight advantage. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Well, now it's time to really break this down. Let's go with three keys to victory. Mr. Balch, Jerry, give me your three keys to victory and then a prediction for the game. I think the Patriots need to control the tempo running the football. I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think that they should be able to do that if, you know, if the offensive line fires off and they can wear down Miami's, uh, you know, front seven. I think the other thing that uh, the other key for the for a Patriots victory is play action. If the running game works, play action needs to be spot on in this game. I think, you know, with that pass rush, they're going to have to do some quick hitters of their own. I think guys like Devonte Parker and Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, they're going to figure prominently in this game if the Patriots win. And the, okay. the number three key is, which again, I already mentioned that is, you know, they have to force to it to hold on to the football a little bit longer. They have some improved uh, pass rush guys on this team, and I think they need to get home. Okay. And what's your prediction, Steve? Uh, you know, I'm going to drink the Patriots Kool-Aid in week one. I, I think after all this negativity, you know, and again, like Derek said, it's going to be way overreaction either way. Either I way. think they're, you know, 21-20. Wow. Okay. Mm. All right. Over to you, Mr. Havens. Three keys to victory, and then your prediction after that. First key is GTFB. Oh, we <laughs> know what that is. Back. Okay, because I think there's a lot of speed here. Uh, obviously, we talked about it, and you got to, you know, this team's going to have to keep everything kind of in front of them. I also think tackling is an absolute must. I mean, they you got to be sure tackling this week because. You know, you miss a you miss a uh, a tackle on Tyreek on the outside, and he can add another 10, 20, 30 yards in a hurry. Um, my second key for me is what we just something we just talked about. I think the Patriots' offensive line has to win that matchup against the defensive line. It's a tall order. I'm really concerned about several pieces on the offensive line. I think they have the potential to be very solid, but I don't feel overly optimistic. Uh, like I said, I, I I'm feeling a little. A little pessimistic about a few things based on what we've seen. Again, we have to see it during the regular season to kind of get it out. Uh, and the third thing for me, guys, is I think the Patriots need to have success on offense early, early in this game. You know, all this talk about the Patriots offense, it's, you know, gotten to the point where it's, you know, ludicrous. We need right. to see them put together a good solid drive early I think get some momentum I think it will kind of quiet all the whispers and get some confidence in that group I think the first two drives are specifically key and I think going off Steve's point with play action I think the Patriots taking advantage of the Dolphins and some crossing routes right. taking advantage of their linebackers I, I think could be a key but offensively I want them to get it going early okay good stuff okay and what's your prediction prediction I have the Dolphins winning this 24 20 I just I just feel I just don't feel good about what I've seen from the Patriots the last few months. I don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. And the, the Dolphins have have taken care of business the last few years, you know, the majority of the time. Now 
Could that be the Brian Flores effect to Russ's point earlier? I think that that's possible. But I think the Dolphins have a better team, one through fifty-three. And I until I see the Patriots kind of get what we've seen in the last few months out of my out of my head, I just can't. I can't take them. Okay. And Derek, I understand where you're going on this, and it makes sense. But uh, it's the one thing that I've learned following this team and us doing a podcast, even before we did a podcast following the Patriots, there was one year. And again, I'm not comparing the year. I'm just saying that I've seen this before. The predictions of doom. And believe it or not, it was the 2007 Patriots where Randy Moss did not practice. We did not see him practice once. The media didn't see it, and they were doubting it. They were doubting it big time. Lost and then they lit it up. That year. And they just lit it up. I'm not saying it's going to happen here because I doubt it's going to happen here. But the one thing that I've learned is that it, it's not always about the talent on the team. It, it involves being able to execute and what me also say, being coached well. If they're coached well and you execute, you can get more out of less. I hope the Patriots get more out of less and – and I do think that they have some talent that's being overlooked as well. I so, hope they can be coached well. <laughs> so. well. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Because as far as I know, the greatest coach ever is still coaching him. So that's my trump card, and I'm going to continue to use it. So my prediction, and I'm going to go with Steve a little bit. I'm going to say 23-21, which is a weird number. Steve went 20, What was it, 22-21, Steve? What's that? He went, 21, he went 21-20, Patriots. I went 21-20. 21-20? Okay. Screw it. I'm going to go 21-17, Patriots. I'll change it. I'll go 21-17. <laughs> Just to be different. I'm going to 21-17, Patriots. Okay. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. Before we go, major thank you to uh, Brian from On the Fin Side. Please do uh, follow him on Twitter at BrianCatNFL. Highly recommended. He was very nice to join us. And uh, it was a great interview. And I also want to mention, because I know Ian was wondering, why hasn't I mentioned it yet? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And please say something nice about Derek and Steven. You can call me an a-hole. It's fine. I'm used to that. Do it. Do what you want. But it will help Patriots fans find us. You can totally rip me apart, totally rip me from my predictions. Please feel free to. All yeah, right. I'm, I'm just glad we uh, didn't go game by game because I didn't want to end up on the radio. <laughs> okay well that's a, yeah don't ask I, russ to show his don't don't ask russ to show his work by the way apparently no, that's a trigger no, point for him no 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 how dare i ask how, how dare came, you ask how, how he came to his realization of the season but but i thought fine. i did a good okay. I, I thought i did a good idea of explaining how i got there mm-hmm. yeah okay well, that's gonna do it for this episode of patriots fourth and two for Derek Havens and Steve Elsher and Russ Goldman, thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. <laughs>